0: What's up everyone? This is Lion's Den and welcome to Roar on Your Podcast. Today's podcast we're going to talk about the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and the civil rights movement and where it becomes. And remember the I have a dream speech. Well, well, we remember the I have a dream I have a dream speech for everyone, but we're going to see another side of Dr. Martin Luther King about the dream becomes a nightmare and He's also fighting and pushing for reparations when he said we're coming to get our checks. So what we're going to do right now, we're going to take a commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Dr. Martin Luther King and his legacy during the civil rights movement. So Lions Dead will return. okay everybody we're back we're back and uh we're talking about dr martin luther king jr and his legacies um remember yesterday was a national holiday of the um, the late great dr martin luther king jr um yesterday i was in downtown nashville for the, the Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. march and I want like to thank each and every one of you guys for to I mean the turnout. 92Q was there. ADOS, we represent, we were there, and I'm happy that we were uh, happy that we we're participating in the march and participating of the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Now, when we was at the place and we, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and, and start talking about Dr. King in a se- second. But when we were there, um, you know, Joy Reed, the whole, uh, uh, from AM Joy, AM Joy of MSNBC, she was the guest speaker there. And you noticed that Joy Reed, you know, talking about ADOS calling us, you know, bots, calling us Russian bots. But she, they failed to realize that we were there we call her name joy 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 and her public her publicists grab her wrist and try to run off the stage so it shows that you know we as ados is more stronger and more powerful organization ever now with that being said let's go ahead and start with martin luther king dr king for a second now remember dr king and um he did a speech in 19 you know 1963 Uh, When he did, I have a dream, you know, you know, black men and white men and he's doing this nonviolent organization in his group. But, you know, but the thing is that uh, we haven't seen another sign of activism of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., right? So um, there's an article um, talking about Dr. King. And, you know, the article says that, you know, the Dr. King's dream just becomes a nightmare, so this article comes from NBC News, and but well, this is really an older, old, old, old article, ladies and gentlemen. It's from August twenty-seven in two thousand and thirteen. That was a real old article, but it shows that you know, you know, Dr. King himself said he realized later on, in his, of his life, that his, you know, his speech of, you know, bringing people together is not going to be the way it is, and that, that the reality is setting in for the late, great Dr. King, and and I'm going to go ahead and read this old article. This is from NBC News. So, you know, Martin Luther King Jr.'s speech, uh, I Have a Dream speech, was definitely moments for the Civil Rights Movement for America and for King himself 50 years ago this week. King's soaring words mark a turning point in the, this country's long and bitter conversation about race and earned King a place in history. When we remember Martin Luther King, we remember his dream. It helped awaken in his in entire nation. So it's hard to believe that just over three and a half years after the triumph, King would tell an interviewer that the dream had the, 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 the dream that the dream he had that day had, in some ways, turned into a nightmare. But that's exactly what he said to veteran NBC news correspondent Sander Varnocor. On May 8, 1967, in extraordinary, wide-ranging conversations, King acknowledged the soul-searching and agonizing moments he'd gone through since his his most famous speech. He told Van Gogh the old optimism of the Civil Rights Movement was a little superficial and and now needed to be tempered with a solemn realism. And just 11 months before his death, He spoke bluntly about what he called the difficult days ahead. To mark the 50th anniversary of King's speech, we present highlights from that exclusive rare scene interview uh, nearly restored from the original color film. So, ladies and gentlemen, stop you right there. So, you see, Dr. Martin Luther King is realizing now that, you know, basically joining black men and white men together is not realistic. Because, again, there's I, mean, there's, I mean, still you have the Montgomery bus boycotts, and then what happened in Memphis, Tennessee, which is three hours away from where I live at right now. Um, in, in 1968, when, you know, one of them sanitation workers, you know, two of the, um, the sanitation worker was crushed on one of, on one of them um, trash, I think one of them trash trucks. They crushed them, they crushed them to death, and, it's, it, and since then, it has been widespread protests of you know the sanitation workers right so Dr. King at the time even though the state of Tennessee even though all parts of Tennessee even the Memphis do not want Martin Luther King back he showed up in anyway to continue marching in support of these of those sanitation workers so Dr. King basically you know during that lifetime find out that he um in April 4th 1968 that's when he was assassinated um, and there's been conspiracy theory that James Earl, James Earl Ray, who was an assassin at the time, wasn't the shooter. So it's been a lot of conspiracy theories and everything, but, but the media said it was James Earl Ray. Others said it wasn't him. So, um, I'm gonna go ahead and read this. He said a lot of has changed for King since 1963. John F. Kennedy was gone. He had been impressed by King and had had delivered his own historic nationally televised speech on civil rights in June of that year. Kennedy's successor, Lyndon Johnson, won passage of the Civil Rights Act and the Voting Rights Act, declaring in a memorable 1965 speech to Congress, we shall overcome. But by 1967, Johnson had taken the country deeply into the war in Vietnam and... Of course, Dr. King during that time opposed that war. And it said that, in fact, he was one of its most prominent and vocal critics. Just four days before his interview with Venacor, King delivered a, a sketchy anti-war speech at New York's Riverside Church, calling the US government the greatest pr- preparer of violence in the world today. It cost him white support and even angered many blacks who felt King should co- confine his message to civil rights, and crucially, it poisoned his relationship with Johnson, who have been a key ally. And I'm going to stop you right there. So, you know, Dr. King basically is anti-war. He hates the war in Vietnam. Um, and, it be, and and drew a lot of criticisms from not only from white people who supported him, but again, that black people in his own colors haven't support, supported this. So... I'm going to read this again. By 1967, King also had to contend with the fact that he, had, he was no longer the unchallenged leader of the civil rights movement. A new generation impatient to build on his hard-won gains increasingly rejected his message of nonviolence, preaching black power, and encouraging oppressed black to fight back. In growing numbers, they did. And following the victories of early 60s in desegregating schools and lunch counters and securing the right to vote, King took on the far more difficult challenge of battling poverty and economic injustice. He brought his campaign to northern cities where he met with fierce, entrenched opposition. So you notice now that Dr. King become a true activist, you know, fighting for, you know, the poor people, the people that don't speak at all. He fighting for them and he's opposed against anti-war just like well, I, 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 muhammad ali didn't really refuse to go to vietnam because of his religious beliefs so but everybody put uh, muhammad ali he, they even strip his he stripped, he stripped his world heavyweight champion because he decided not to go to vietnam so you see all this backlash during that time that dr king who opposed the war in vietnam Now, everybody disses themselves from him because of it. So, it says, Facing all that, King was in battle and increased isolated in 1967. NBC News, which had distinguished itself from its coverage of the Civil Rights Movement since the mid-50s, gave the go-ahead to Vinicor and producer Stuart Schlumberg to prepare a special report called After the Civil Rights Black Power. It aired on June 11, 1967. The 4th Annual... The fourth anniversary, excuse me, of King's landmark civil rights speech. The centerpiece of the speech special was Vendicore interview with King. It was shot on color film, something still relatively new in television news in 1967. It was conducted in Atlanta's Ebenezer Baptist Church, where King was a pastor, as his father had been. King's parents were married there. He was baptized there. And on April 9th. 1968, let's see, yeah, April 9, 1968, his funeral was held there. Mourners that day included President Johnson, soon-to-be-President Richard Nixon, soon-to-be-martyr Robert Kennedy, and JFK's widow widow Jacqueline Kennedy. If Martin Luther King had lived, he would have, like I said, this is the old article, so bear with me, guys. It says if he was lived during that time, which was 2013, he would have been 84. Now, now, and I think now he's in his 90s. Ni- I think he's somewhere in his ninety. It, I think it's his 90th birthday, if I'm not mistaken. So it says that we can only imagine how he will see things today. But as the world celebrates his dream 50, 50 years later... It's important to remember how King himself saw in his own lifetime as a vision of a promise still on cap. So, um, and I'm going to end it right there. That's the end of the, really end of the article. So you see, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. King, everybody was talking about, I have a dream speech that one day black men and black, I mean, black men and white men, Jews and Gentile Protestants and Catholics, and he, and when he said when he said his speech it's one of the most popular speeches in the world at that time. But then later on years after that speech that he did, he felt he realized now that that's really realistically that's really not going to happen and that's why he said that his dream is turning into a nightmare because Dr. King at that time realized that this right here integrating ain't going to happen because it's going to be black people still going to be attacked, you know, lynched, um, uh, chewed up by police dogs during the marches, March on Selma, etc. So he realized that, you know, all this is taking place. He knows that this isn't happening. So, so this article uh, comes from The Atlantic. And, you know, this is why Ados really loves Dr. King. And I'm going to tell you why we, we as Ados love Dr. King, because he supported us when it comes to reparations. And he wants to come to D.C. to collect our checks, which is very, very awesome to, to talk about. So this article, and it's also an old article, it is, and it comes from The Atlantic. Um, it, this article has been released by Tanishi Colt, which was June the 12th, which is 2014. And I want you guys to check this article out, because this is real. This is why I say that Dr. King is much loved in in, in ADOS more than anybody in in the community because, again, he support reparations during that time. And he wants to go to Washington, D.C. to collect our checks during that time. And since Dr. King's doing that, then this is why ADOS has been very vocal. And we've been very vocal since day one in supporting collecting our checks, so I'm gonna go ahead and read this article. This again from theatlantic.com. And this is the old article. And it says Martin Luther King's make the case for reparations. A rare clip of the famed civil rights leader toward the end of his life. And he said this. We are coming to Washington to get our check. Um, and and this and again, this is why I say I love Dr. King. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and gonna read. Uh, what Dr. King was saying in this article. And it's and, and that, and so this is why I said, I'm a mother with six kids, said the beautiful ebony skinned woman adorned in batik print African dress and silver loop earrings and part of the time. I don't even know where I'm going to get the next meal for my children. All Martin Luther King Jr. can do is shake his head and utter my mind. King was on a 1968 swing through rural poor part of the Black South, drawing up support for Poor Poor People's March on Washington later that year. He had stopped at a small white wood-framed church in Mississippi to press his case and to listen to the woes of the poor. A painting of the white Jesus nearly oblivious in Black churches observed then their every move. Later, King will absorb more tale of Mississippi material misery. People just don't know, but it's really hard. A poor woman in church pleads. Not only me, there's so many more that's in the same shape. I'm not the only one. It's just so many right around, right around that don't have shoes, clothes, is naked and hungry. Part of the time you have to fix your children, pinto beans, morning, dinner and su- supper. They don't know what it is to get a good meal, King. is visibly moved. Now, you all are really to be admired. He compassionately offers. And I want you to know that you have my moral support. I'm going to be praying for you. I'm going to be coming back to see you. And we are going to be demanding when we go. And this is what Dr. King said. This is why Ados loved Dr. King. He said this when we go to Washington, that something be done and, and done immediately about these conditions. King couldn't keep that promise. His life would be sm- snuffed out of a murder three weeks before his massive campaign reached its destination. But King hammered home the rationale be- behind his attempt to, un- to unite the desperate, desper- desperately poor. He understood that the government owed something to masses of the black folk who had been left behind as america parcel out land and money to whites while exploiting black labor at the very same time that america refused to give the negro and negro any land king argues through any act of congress our government was giving away millions of acres of land in the west in the Midwest, which meant it was willing to undergird its white peasants from Europe with an economic floor. Building a full head of steam, King rolled his rhetoric down the tracks of just compensation for blacks by contrasting even more sharply the unequal treatment of races in education, agriculture, and subsidies. But not only did they give them land, King and Diamond Speeds on. they built land grant college college with government money to teach them how to farm. Not only that, they provided county county agents to further their expertise in farming. Not only that, they provided low interest rates in order that they could mechanize, mechanize, mechanize their farms. King, King links white privilege and governmental supports directly to black suffering, and thus underscores the hypocrisy of whites who have been helped, demanding that blacks thrive through self-help. Not only that, King said in a delivering the death blow to f- fallacies about black unwillingness to work. Today, many of the many of these people are receiving millions of dollars in federal subsidies, not to farm, and they are the very people telling the black man that he ought to lift himself by his own bootstraps. And this is what we are faced with, and this is the reality. With one final fell Swoop King reinforces his identification with the destitute, reiterates his beliefs that the government has failed its uh, fiduciary obligations to blacks and subverts the stereotype of blacks shiftlessly, Waiting around for government cash by insisting that blacks deserve what is coming to them. Um, and now we and then, ladies and gentlemen, here is why a lot of people Ados loved Dr. King when he said this. He said, and I quote: Now, when we come to Washington in this campaign, we are coming to get our check. This is why Ados, and I'm gonna stop you right there. This is why Ados. Said exactly what what we're saying since day one. Uh, we already, Mike uh, Antonio Moore said this. Um, Yvette Carnell said this, and this is why Dr. King realizes years years ago. I mean, he realizes years later, before his assassination, that you know, black people, poor black people, still, you know, on are, 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 are equal to white white people. I mean, in other words. White people get getting more money than blacks, and they, they still, they stole their land. I'm talking about, they stole on black people's land. And now, this is why it's important for people to understand how, what Dr. King's really all about. And again, like I said before, this is really, uh, this is an article, this is an archives from the New York Times when, you know, Dr. King said what he said, that he wanted, they want to come to Washington to collect our checks. So, ladies and gentlemen, you know what Dr. King w- was talking about is, you know, the, the eco- I mean, the equal, eco- the equality of black people. I mean, through four, through five hundred years, has been mistreated. Has their lands been taken away from? Has been murdered? Has been lynched? And even during the civil rights movement, they still, you know, they still un- treated black people unfairly. And this is why i want to celebrate dr king's legacy because again people a lot of people I mean, all races are going to remember i have a dream speech in 1960 1963 but in 1967 dr king realized well wait a minute you know i mean i mean the realization is that my black my black people are still being attacked The land still being taken taken away from by white people. So, I mean, so I mean, the reality that there's not gonna be no uh, integration. It's still gonna be more segregation. In other words, Dr. King already says that they now they focus on black reparations and they wanna they wanna come to Washington D.C. to collect our checks. So, ladies and gentlemen, we celebrate the life. uh, We celebrate the life and the honor of Dr. King's life. You know, he basically changed the life of the civil rights movement. You know, he's basically, you know, sticking up for, for poor black people for years and years. And he's also uh, opposed the war, even though critics, you know, even though people who supported Dr. King in himself because he opposed the war. And we're gonna remember Dr. King for what he is. He's a legend. He's a hero, and he's a, he's a freedom fighter. Rest in peace, Dr. King. We will never forget you. Ados will never forget you. And your, spirit is, and your spirit will always be around us, and we will keep fighting for our freedom. We'll keep fighting for our reparations, and we'll keep fighting for tangibles that's rightfully ours. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to my podcast. Be sure to check it out. On right here on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, um, Google Play, and other podcast systems. And I will talk to you soon. This is then, signing off. Deuces.